Hey everybody, I'm Amber. And I'm Maggie. And this is Crime Country. And today we are in Alaska. Alaska is the largest U.S. state by far. Alaska has more total area than the next three largest states combined. Whoa. I honestly feel like kind of an idiot because I always thought that Texas was the biggest. (laughs) Texas is the next largest, but Alaska has... I think that's also because, like, when you look at a map, Alaska doesn't look that big because it's so far removed. But if you lay it on top of the United States, it's like one third the size of the rest of the United States. It's larger than Texas, California, and Montana combined. Dang. Yeah. It's fucking huge. And it's the third least populated state with only 636,000 residents. Wow. And it's the most sparsely populated because it's so fucking huge and the people are so spread out. Alaska was the 49th state admitted to the Union. The U.S. originally purchased Alaska in 1867 for two cents an acre. And most people were like, that was fucking dumb. Like, that was a bad purchase, buying this stuff in the middle of the fucking Arctic for (laughs) that much money. And then it was only five years later that gold was struck there. And everyone was like, oh shit, we rich. (laughs) Um, That was a bad joke. And it's not in my notes, but it made me laugh and you didn't laugh at all. So what I think happened is I just got a thing that said my internet connection is unstable. So I think like your punchline like cut out and then that's why I didn't immediately laugh. Fuck. (laughs) 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 Much of Alaska is covered in permafrost and it is home to the largest glacier in North America. I read a thing about that, but I'm pretty sure it's several years old, and it said it was larger than, like, the state of Delaware, but I feel like with the rate that the glaciers are melting, I don't know if that's still true, so I didn't put it in here. So that may or may not be true, y'all. If you visit Alaska, basically the only thing to do is to enjoy the outdoors. Off the north and west coasts of Alaska, you might spot polar bears beluga whales or walruses and in other parts of the state you can find black bear moose doll sheep muskox caribou and the world's largest brown bear the kodiak bear Hmm. (laughs) alaska is the best weird laws we've had so far oh i'm excited are you ready i'm ready some weird laws in alaska include It's illegal to whisper in someone's ear while they're hunting moose. (laughs) What if you're like, hey man, uh, it's over there. Dude, to your right, there's a moose. (laughs) You're getting a ticket. (laughs) Cops are going to pull up. And scarf all the moose. And then ruin the whole hunting trip. (laughs) Uh, It's illegal to wake a sleeping bear for the purpose of taking a photo. Oh, well, gosh, I wonder what happened to the idiot that did that. Like, don't do it, you'll get a ticket or killed by the bear. Yeah, idiot. (laughs) Um, You cannot view a moose from an airplane. 
What? You also cannot push a live moose out of a moving airplane. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you cannot tie your pet dog to the roof of a car. Well, thank God, that should be illegal everywhere. Yes. Um, you cannot live in a trailer as it's being hauled across the city. Oh, shucks. No mobile home? In, no mobile home? Uh... No m- mobile trailer park. <laughs> um, <laughs> you cannot give moose alcohol. All right. So many moose laws. Yeah, I'm digging it. I need to go there. <laughs> Bartenders? cannot serve while they're drunk themselves. Oh, well, that's probably good. <laughs> but, um, man. If you own a pet flamingo, you cannot let it into barber shops. It, it's not even, like, tropical enough for a flamingo. Maybe that not the weirdest line. And, and letting it into a barber shop? Like, so specific. <laughs> Like, was that a problem? So they made a law? Like, fuck that guy. He keeps bringing his flamingos when he gets a haircut and they shit everywhere. That's so weird. (laughs) And lastly, it's illegal to sell stun guns to children. Hmm. All right. I mean, that's probably not safe, but... (laughs) No taser fights for those kids. Jeez. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Those ones are pretty good. Yeah, I was cracking up how all, like, the weirdest animal laws ever. A moose, flamingo. It's because there's so many more animals than people in Alaska. <laughs> yeah. So, this is Alaska. There's a bunch of serial killers in Alaska. And we're going to tell you some stories of other criminals in Alaska. Yeah. And maybe some serial killers. You're up first. Okay, I'm up first. Fun fact, Aaron was born in Alaska. Really? I think I knew that. Yeah. Um, I couldn't tell you the city or part, but he was born in Alaska. How long did he live there? Um, I think it was just a little stint of his life while he was a little baby. And then they moved back to um, either Northern California or Connecticut or one of the two. I don't know exactly. <laughs> Literally the farthest places apart. Yeah. <laughs> Alaska, but, California, or Connecticut. Yeah. Because his dad was like a logger in Alaska. Well, interesting. A, um, a lot of the industry in Alaska does pretty well. Like it's one of the poorer states, but then like the average income is higher because so many people find jobs in industries that are booming in Alaska, like logging and yeah. oil and stuff like that. It's interesting. Um, have you ever seen the show Alaskan Bush People? No, but my <laughs> mother-in-law is obsessed with any Alaskan <clears throat> reality show. Like, literally any Alaskan reality show. Obsessed. That's funny. The Alaskan Bush People one is pretty funny. I watched it a while ago, but I haven't watched any recently. If I said I wanted to move to Alaska tomorrow, Spencer would be like, I'm putting our house on the market. Let's go. Done. I'm not saying that anytime soon. Yeah, I don't know if I could hack it in Alaska. I don't want to. Alaska's too hardcore for me. Freezing, and there's not a lot of people, and I have a hard time making friends as is, like... 
limit the yeah i want people in my life i like having a limited number of people i like around and i right. already don't have that because you moved away so <laughs> my one friend doesn't live here <laughs> well shitty but That's i get that because we're both pretty similar <laughs> all right well anyways let's get into the stories um so my story this week I am basically going to retell you an episode of Alaska, um, Ice Cold Killers. It's on Investigation Discovery, of course. <laughs> Season 3, Episode 1. Um, the episode's called Lamb Among Wolves. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why it's called that, really. I didn't put that together. Um, but yeah, that's what it's called. So it's in Anchorage, Alaska, and it's the 1980s. I think it was like 1982. Yeah, 1982 was where we are. And so Anchorage, Alaska, 1982. There's a group of kids camping at Russian Jack Springs Park. So it's two 19-year-old boys and two 16-year-old girls. Joseph Kilmer, Vern Sylvester, Sabrina Imlach, and Rebecca Phillips. Um, so they're doing a little camp trip in the park. And all of a sudden, I, I don't... I wonder who Russian Jack was. Who, oh, for like the name of the park, yeah. yeah. Russian Jack State Park. Who the fuck was Russian Jack? I want to know his story. Yeah, Russian Jack. I bet it's a probably pretty interesting one. We should pick it up. <laughs> yeah, maybe if this uh, episode goes too quick. So Vern, Sabrina. Joseph and Rebecca. Okay. So they're all camping. And I don't recall if like a hiker or someone else in the park found them. I mean, obviously someone called the cops because they heard these gunshots. So there's gunshots. And then all of a sudden... The cops are there and they're investigating and they immediately like they are walking through this trail in the park towards like the tent where they were camping and they find one boy and he's shot in the head and they're like he's dead then they keep walking they come across another boy and he has a pulse still and so they're like okay he's got a pulse we need a medic get me a medic quickly um Oof. and then they continue to go and then they find the two girls and the two girls were shot in the face like point blank in the face Jesus. so they're all shot right in the head like brutal and there's only the one boy that still has a pulse and so they are on it they're getting a medic there as soon as possible just praying that this one kid will make it so he can give them kind of any information to identify this this guy that's on the loose um, um that's crazy yeah so russian jack <laughs> russian jack oh maybe it is russian jack did he do it he was named jacob marinenko and he was an immigrant who became one of anchorage's more colorful and legendary characters Oh. While living in Anchorage, Marenko sometimes shortened his name to Jack Marchin. Russian Jack was his well-known nickname. He was a bootlegger, moonshine maker, and criminal. 
He was charged in 1938 with shooting a taxi cab driver and killing him. Yikes. He was sentenced to manslaughter and received two and a half years. For shooting and killing a taxi driver, he only got manslaughter and two and a half years? Yep. Oh, the times have changed. Yeah. Uh, that's There's way more information, but they well, named maybe, a bunch maybe of stuff after day. him after that. Does that make <laughs> sense? Oh, this guy killed somebody and served two and a half years? Let's name a park and a street after him. Yeah, weird. Like, he gets his own Russian Jack Springs Park? Ooh. And then people were shot in the face in that park. Yeah, not... Yikes. That's weird that it's, like, kind of, like, coincidence. Yeah, because I, I don't remember if it said where he shot him, but... Ooh. Yikes. <laughs> don't hang well, out in parks named after murderers. I think that's the moral of this whole episode, and we're only ten minutes in. Yeah, don't camp in a in a park that's named after a murderer, for <laughs> sure. So, the police find this awful scene... They get the medic there um, to try and kind of make this one boy that still has a pulse kind of survive the night. But um, unfortunately, all of them, they succumb to their wounds and they they didn't they didn't make it. So they couldn't get any information from them. Um, same day or same night, they've got all these police in the park. They really took this super serious because they were like, oh my gosh, what is going on here? They had a 25-man investigative team um, that were helping with this case of these four dead teenagers in the park. And that same day, less than five miles away at the Black Bull Tavern, there were three more dead bodies that were found. And they were all shot in the head. So... They immediately were like, oh, my God, this is this has got to be linked. Yeah, because this is a small town, I'm sure. Yeah, it's in Alaska. Yeah, so it's probably pretty small and it's either in the same town or like very, very close because it's less than five miles away. Yeah, within this proximity for sure. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, my gosh. Okay, so we've got this guy that's on the loose. There's seven people dead. Like, we need to get on this. We need to figure this out because they really have no clue who the killer could be at this point. They've got no leads. And they were like, oh, gosh, we've got a serial murderer on the loose. And he's just randomly selecting victims because, I mean, who kills four teenagers in a park and then goes to a bar and kills three more people? Yeah. Like, what's the connection? What's going on here? So this is probably, I mean, I don't know if it is since. But in the show, they were like, this is the most violent night in Anchorage history. Seven people killed, four in the park, three in the bar. Um, like, what's what's happening? But after the police start questioning the people at the, the bar, it was really weird because on the show, they said that the cops showed up and there were people at the bar just like still drinking and partying like nothing had happened. And there's three dead people on the floor. What the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with people? Like, that's not okay. And it's in the 80s. Like, that's, like, pretty, not even that long ago. Were they there when it happened? Yes. So they witnessed a triple murder 
And we're just like, oh, I need another beer. Yeah, they were just like, oh, that was rough. Uh, bartender, keep them coming. Oh my God. Yeah. So I was like, wait, what? This is a this is real life. These people just went about their life when they just watched three people get murdered. Uh, did any of them like know the people? Uh, or I, the murderer? I, like what the? F- uh, yeah. So that's weird. The police are yeah. The police are starting to question these people, and they end up finding out that the guy who killed these people in the bar. So he comes in, he shoots two people, and then he shoots himself. So they were like, okay, well, is this shooter the same killer that killed all the kids in the park? And if so, why would he do that, come here, kill all these people, and then shoot himself? Is it because he didn't? He knew he was going to get caught or something? Um, yeah, that's really weird. Like Super weird. I'm interested to see if they found any connection because there was more people in the bar he could have kept shooting at. Right. And he just decided to stop at two and then kill himself. That's really weird. I don't know. So after they continue to look into it, they figure out that the park shootings happened almost an hour after the murder-suicide at the bar. So it couldn't be the same guy. What? Yeah. So it's two separate killers. What the fuck are the chances and, of that? Like, right? Holy shit. In the same night, so. In Alaska. Yeah. Like, how often do murder, well, apparently all the time, because Alaska's yeah. just where terrible people go to hide. But what, are, what, how? That's insane. Yeah. Freaking nuts, right? Yeah. So. Holy shit. Two separate gunmen, and they're like, okay, well, we at least know we've got one that can't go kill any more people. Um, but, like, what the hell? So they're like, all right, well, we still have this guy in the park, so we need to really buckle down and figure this out because what the hell? The police then turn their attention to dozens of park goers that were at the park in the vicinity when this happened to try and gather any information, any leads, um, any witnesses that might have saw something, saw someone. And so um, they find this mom and her son and they said that they saw they saw the shooter because they were walking through the park and the kid, I don't remember how old he was. I think he was like eight or ten or in between there, and he said that he described that they were just walking through the park, and he heard bangs, and he thought it was fireworks, and then he was just walking through the park, and then he's walking, like, in front of his mom, doing his thing, like, running around, and then all of a sudden, they come up to this big guy, this tall guy with dark hair, and he has a gun, and the kid and the mom just, like, stop in their tracks, and they just look at him and he puts the gun like in his, he puts it in the front of his pants, like to conceal it and puts a shirt over it. And then he just screams at them, you need to get out of here, get out of here. And he keeps screaming at them. And so they're just like deer in headlights for a second. And then they decide they're okay, we got to move. So then they run away and nothing happens to them. Um, They, they get away unharmed, but they saw the gunman and so he was able to kind of explain him to the police 
um, what he had seen. He was a tall man with dark hair. I don't know how much details they, they got other than that, or if it was pretty sparse, because, I mean, he was a young kid, and that's a scary situation. Yeah, thank God the mom didn't, like, the two of them didn't get murdered. Yeah, thank goodness, because... What, what oh, the fuck? Like, that's insane. Yeah, close freaking call. And so there was them, and then there was another guy Wait, that... Wait, so the mom didn't really see him? So the mom, she saw him too, but I don't think they got much more information from her either. Okay. Other than that, he was just a tall guy with dark hair. Um, so then there was another witness. There was a man that was walking his dog in the park that night. And something had happened to his dog. So the guy was like carrying his dog, but it was a bigger dog. And so he would carry him like a little bit and then have to take a break. Um Oh, <laughs> like, I don't know why I think that's adorable. You know, he just loves his dog and he got tired, so he's carrying him. <laughs> so he's carrying him and he has to put him down to catch his breath, take a break every like so often. And when he does that, he notices like he sees this guy, this tall guy with dark hair. But then he also sees this bike in the woods. And it's like a blue pearl colored bike. Um, like and, a bicycle, not a... Yeah, like a bicycle. Bike. Yeah. And so he sees it and he's like, I think that bike might be stolen. So he's like looking around. And then all of a sudden when he kind of gets the urge to kind of go get the bike and move it, he sees this tall guy with dark hair and he like looks at him and he like makes eye contact and then the guy with his dog he's like okay yeah f this business i'm gonna get my dog and we're gonna go out we're gonna get out of here um so he that was that was all he saw and that that was the end of that how creepy can you imagine being like (sighs) no that close to a murderer no oh my god especially the little kid and his mom because they were like right up to him like he literally yelled at them. was he out of bullets like what the fuck like, i don't know wouldn't he have killed them i don't know i don't understand i mean maybe um, okay so he killed some teenagers that were camping together probably to hook up like come on they were <laughs> two 19 year old boys and what 16 year old girls yeah so they went camping. The girls probably told their parents they were sleeping at each other's house. The boys were 19, so they probably didn't have to make an excuse, just said they were going camping. And these fucking creepy serial killer people usually have weird things about, like, women and calling them, like, sluts and stuff and being like, oh, these whores are giving it up for these boys. They all deserve to die because no one ever wanted to have sex with me. And But that's, like, a real thing. I know it's No, that is a real, like, complex, yeah. I'm not saying this. I would never, like, refer to women as sluts and whores. But they would. These disgusting fucking incel men who are the worst i don't know yeah so they're not getting too far with these witnesses so far but the police station is still getting like lots of tips like i think they had over a hundred tips and like calls come in 
and one of them, they, the tipster didn't disclose their name, but I believe it was a friend of one of the victims, one of the female victims. They say, you should look into this guy. His name is Rick Larkin because it was like an ex-boyfriend that had just, they had just broken up. And I'm real confused at my notes right now because I have the name Amber Olson written, but one of the victims was not named Amber. <laughs> so I'm wondering if the tipster was named Amber Olson. Um, but then if that's true, I don't remember which girl he was dating or which which girl was his ex-girlfriend. So Sabrina or Rebecca, maybe. Okay. Um, I was picturing this tall man with dark hair to be in his 30s at least so interesting yeah and i think he's definitely older but the tipster is like hey they had a bad breakup this guy was pretty violent um he carries a gun and like i think you should you should look into him and so they go find this guy rick larkin and they talk with him and he is like no i don't I don't know anything. And he doesn't want to talk to the police. He's like, um, I don't want to talk to the police unless I have like an attorney, blah, 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 whatever. So they get nowhere with him. They're like, all right, well, we've questioned this guy, whatever. We can't really hold him on anything. So we got to let him go until we, we figure some more stuff out. So he gets questioned. He, he goes on his way. And then the cops are like, okay, well, there was that blue pearl bike that was mentioned in the park. So they go to this bike shop in town and they talk to the manager at the bike shop and they're like, hey, do you, did you guys sell like a blue pearly bike, blah, blah, blah. And the, the manager is like, yeah. That's such a specific color. Like yeah, I would it, never describe any color that way. I'd be like, it was light blue. I don't like, good luck with that. Yeah, well, it was blue pearly, pearly blue. Yeah. And so the cops go to the bike store and they're like, hey, do you recall like selling a blue pearl bike like this? And the bike manager was like, oh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely sold that bike because there was very specific like, wants that the purchaser wanted they wanted a cargo pouch a lock and cake bowl and a bell to like when people they were coming yeah <laughs> and it was just like literally one that you like squeeze and it's like ding ding <laughs> yeah um <laughs> i'm gonna kill some people beep beep um yeah so the manager's like yeah um I can provide you all the details about the guy that bought it. I can even give you an address that he gave. So they give the police the address that is in their paperwork. And the address is 2900 Providence. And that is the address to the Anchorage Psychiatric uh, Institution. Oh, shit. So. Um, I thought you were going to say it was to Larkin's house. No. Oh. So they were like, well, is Larkin a patient there? but he's not. So they go to the, um, well, not yet. Let's back up. So they get the address and they're like, okay, the address is the psychiatric ward. 
And so then at this point, the police still haven't ruled out Mr. Larkin. So they're honing in on him. I thought and, it was him. Huh? I think it's him. Maybe. So <laughs> maybe the tipster that they got all the information from was like, his emotions are all over. He's unstable. One moment he wanted to hurt and threaten her. And then the next he loved her and was so sorry. So he was just like a, a loose cannon. I have such an issue with men saying girls are crazy. <laughs> because have you ever broken up with a dude? They're fucking nuts. Yeah. They're so fucking crazy. Yeah, it's definitely a a two-way street there. It's not I, just girls. I have never been, like, the crazy girl. I mean, one time. I mean, one time. <laughs> well, this one time. <laughs> but I've had way more guys be crazy to me than that. And I'm just like, whoa, dude, like, this wasn't even a real thing. Like, we just barely kind of went out a couple times. And you're being nuts because I don't want to do it anymore. Because I've always just been, like, super open and honest. Like, oh, this isn't going anywhere. Yeah. I've got to end it. And I've never, like, ghosted people. I've just been like, I'm sorry. This, is like, isn't what I'm working towards. <laughs> this isn't what I'm working towards. <laughs> I, I can't see a future with you. But I, that's <laughs> harsh. But it's probably what I said and why guys were so fucking crazy. <laughs> but... I just get really mad when people are like, women are nuts. She was so crazy. That's my crazy ex-girlfriend. And it's like, oh, yeah, she was so crazy. Did she, yeah. like, call you saying she was drunk driving about to kill herself because she's so upset that you left her? And then Whoa. call you again crying because she's sorry she's putting you through that? And then call you screaming because she hates you and never wants to talk to you again? And then call you crying again saying, just kidding, I love you. I just want you to be my life Whoa. even if we're just friends. Did she do that? Because I've had ex-boyfriends do that. Men are fucking Yay. psychotic. Yeah, that's nuts. No, I've had like two ex-boyfriends that literally went off the deep end when I broke up with them. Yikes. Yeah. Dudes are fucking crazy bitches. They're the crazy bitches. <laughs> I don't get it. One dude, I did it. After I broke up with him, he moved to Alaska. Oh, snap. And he was like, oh, I have a family friend that lives there. They can get me a job on a day tour boat. And I just, I I can't stay in Utah if I'm not with you. Oh, my gosh. I can't stay in Utah, so I have to go to Alaska. I'm like, dude, your oh entire family is here. Are you kidding me? We dated for six months. Oh, We're my goodness. 19 years old. Like, are you kidding me? Man. Yeah. So, bitches be crazy, and bitches are men. Yeah, I, uh, based off those stories, yes, <laughs> they be crazy. You have a crazy ex. You have, like, yeah. that alcoholic ex that wouldn't fucking get his name off of your truck. Oh, yeah, he was a pain in my ass. So That was fun. Bitches be crazy. Yeah, and they are. And better bitches. <laughs> that's true, that's true. I just hate the stigma that, like, women are crazy. Yeah, because it's definitely a stigma that the w women are nuts and, and it's never the man. It's just people are crazy. 
It's mm-hmm. a personality thing and it's equal. There's crazy women, but there's way crazy men too. Like there's definitely a balance of crazy people on both sides and it's bullshit. Women get this like drama persona put on them for having emotions. Yeah, I agree. Do you want to hear my story when I was crazy? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like during a breakup. It was after a breakup. <laughs> so I like dated this guy really briefly and he was a piece of shit. And he was like this shorter, chubby dude. And he now works at the company I work for, so that's cool. Uh but he he sucked. Like one time he ran from the cops with me on the back of his bullet bike and he went like 140 miles an hour. That guy. Well, I remember that guy that you told me about. He was a piece of shit. I didn't date him very long, but we had this really good group of friends when I was in my early 20s. And we used to always go to the Ohio house to party. And, like, I broke up with that guy. It was a few weeks later, maybe a month or two later, and I was dating this other guy. And I was way better friends with this group of friends than he was. Like, he barely knew them. And he shows up, and I'm there because I was always there with my (laughs) new boyfriend. And my new boyfriend's six foot four and, like, decently built. And this other guy that I oh, he was never even a boyfriend like we dated so briefly and he is like five foot five and like chubby and so <laughs> he's like this rich boy that like gets everything he ever wanted it, he was a piece of shit so anyways we show <laughs> up and he starts Kevin kind of giving me like a stink eye and I'm just like whatever like let's move on. That's how I am as a person. I'm not fucking drama. You know, like, you're cool. Yeah. I'm cool. Whatever. But apparently he was fucking pissed I showed up with this other guy who I had been dating for a little while at this point, like a few weeks. And everybody already knew my new boyfriend. And so we're hanging out at this party and I, like, introduced them to each other and they were like, oh, hey. Yeah, and it was a little awkward and I told the new guy, like, oh, hey, I used to date him. Sorry. Like, <laughs> That's weird. He's here. I don't know. And so, but it was whatever. We went on to have a good night. And then people started coming up to me and my new guy and were like, hey, what should I call him? The old guy. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Jacob. Hey, uh, Jacob's going around telling everybody <laughs> that he's going to kiss, kick Tyson's ass. <laughs> And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, like he's being like, really? Like he's sure he could kick Tyson's ass. And I'm like, well, that's fucking dumb because Tyson's got like a foot on this guy and he's this like chubby little preppy dweeb. And we didn't even date that long. Like, what the fuck? Like, this shouldn't even be a thing. Like, we dated for a couple weeks. And so it's like, whatever. But then people keep coming up to us. And so then finally we like went up to Jacob. Is that what I said his name was? Yeah. Jacob. And we were like, hey, uh, like, do you got a problem? And he was like, no, no, it's cool. You guys are cool. We're cool. That's silly. And I was like, yeah, it is silly. Uh, Cool. Okay. Bye. But then like 
of 20 minutes later somebody else comes up and they're like jacob's talking mad shit he's still saying like he would totally kick your ass if you even gave him any sort of attitude and tyson's like uh okay this is like i don't want to fight anybody but if he's really wants to fight like we can take this outside and so he like confronts jacob and is like dude you got a problem and uh, I don't think it, it was like an ongoing thing for a while. And finally, I don't remember if we were leaving or he was leaving and we ran out to him and uh, ran into him in the front yard and I'm drunk and he was like, no, nah, we're cool. But then he was like, pussy or whatever. And like, was like, you've been talking shit all night and I lost my shit. Like I was drunk and I was like, fuck you, you stupid fucking jackass. You won't say anything to his fucking face, but you're telling everybody else you got beef. Like fucking hit him, hit him, do it, fight, do it. You fucking And I'm screaming in this guy's face. I'm like, seriously, if you have a problem, fucking say something. If not, shut the fuck up. Like this doesn't have to be a thing. And, but like screaming drunk girl, and so, like, other people are like, Maggie, calm down. And literally, like, pulling me away. And I'm like, no, he wants to fucking fight him. Let him fight him. Oh, guy. <laughs> literally. Like, fuck you. Fuck. And, like, literally, one of my guy friends is, like, hauling me away over his shoulder. And I'm like, fuck you, you fucking pussy. Fight him. Do it. Because <laughs> obviously, he's going to lose that fight. Losing my, oh my like, God. I've literally, I was like Jerry Springer girl. I've never been like that in my life. But that night, I was like, fuck. <laughs> You keep talking shit. <laughs> fucking do it. Because it was so obvious who would win that fight. And it would not be him. That's hilarious. Spencer's calling me and he's on the bear hunt. So I'm going to answer it. Okay. Okay. Hi, dear. I'm podcasting. Yeah. You're fine. How's it going? Oh, okay. Well, no, you're good. Love you. Wait. He's like, oh, shit. I forgot. It's Monday. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Anyways. Bitches be crazy too, but I was driven to it. Yeah. Okay. I That's might cut that story. <laughs> okay, back to back on track. Very so, story. Sorry. No, it's good because, like I said, I'm almost sort of at the end of my story. I don't have much longer. So, all right. Now the cops are gonna go to the psychiat the Alaska Psychiatric Institute, and so that's when they realize that the bike doesn't belong to Rick Larkin, the ex-boyfriend. So they're like, okay, well, I mean, we could pretty much maybe rule him out, but not quite. So they find out that this bike belongs to a patient at the psychiatric institute named Charles Meach. Oh, why does he have a gun? So we'll we'll get there. Does he live there? Yes, he's a patient there, and he um, apparently he gets to go out uh, for 10 hours a day on, like, day passes because apparently he's no longer sick enough to be held in there. He gets some freedom. Which is good. Like, I'm not against Um, that, but it's terrible in this situation. And, like, when you hear more about this guy. Yeah, I don't know why he was there or anything. Yeah, well, I'm going to let you know. And <laughs> then you're going to be like, okay, well, that's fucking dumb. It was a poor choice. 
Yeah, that it was was definitely a poor choice. So he's been basically in a psychiatric ward institute for the past like 10 years since like 1973. In 1973, we'll go back. I guess he came to Alaska and he was running from a bad past. So basically he was into some bad stuff and he was like, okay, well, there's nothing here. I'm going to go to Alaska and restart whatever. That's what bad people do. Yeah. So, and you mentioned that earlier, like there's just a bunch of bad people that go to Alaska just to get away. Um, People stay in the United States, but like run away from being criminals or bad breakups. Yeah. So, (laughs) or bad breakups. (laughs) In my experience. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know exactly what he was running from, but he had some issues that, um, he wanted to escape from and start over, so to speak. Um, However, in 1973, he was doing his business going on about his life. Let me, let me back up real quick. Actually, no, I'm not going to back up. I'm on track. I just have my notes in the wrong order. So I got to skip a part. So he came to Alaska and apparently he was hanging out with this one dude one night and he coerced him to go to the par- a park with him. And it wasn't Russian Jack Park. It was <laughs> some other park. Um, Named for another killer. And, yeah, probably. <laughs> it was Ted and, Bundy um, State Park. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Uh, Jack the Ripper. <laughs> Jack the Ripper Park. Um, so I didn't get the name of this park, but he took him to some park and just he brutally beat the living daylights out of this guy. He killed him with his fist and feet by punching and kicking him to death. So at that time in 1973, he confessed and was charged with first degree murder. However, he was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia as well. So at the time he was found guilty by or not guilty by reason of insanity and he was sent to the mental institution. So he was sent to one in California. And I don't know why he was sent to California per se, but he was sent to this mental institution in California. And he had been there for the majority of the time. But apparently he was getting better. He was no longer as ill as he was. And he, well, he was actually like taking his meds. and Yeah. And doing all the right stuff, being a model, like, patient, I guess you would say. Um, so they decided to to let him go back to Alaska, but he still had to be in the psych ward um, in Alaska. And so then now they catch up with Meech, uh, Charles Meech in the psych ward, and the cops are questioning him about um, – the murders in the park or the bike um, in the park. And so he tells the police, he was like, well, I was at the the psychiatric ward, so there's no way that I could have been involved. Um, But he fits this like bland description of a tall, dark haired man. And And, yeah, and he has the bike. And so they're like, okay, leave 10 hours a day. So yeah, so 
the cops are obviously looking into it more. And so they're speaking with him and there's like a nurse in the room and the cops are like, well, obviously, I mean, he gets to leave because he's not confined here all day. So don't you have logs like a check in and check out of, of where he was yesterday? Because then he's like, okay, well, I went to um, work or whatever for a few hours, but then I came, I came back. And so they're like, hmm, okay. They're not really buying it. So then they ask the nurse, hey, can you get us the, the logs of kind of the times that he's checked in and checked out? So the nurse leaves and finally he tells the cops, he's like, hey, I did go out and I had some drinks and I'm not supposed to do that. So don't say anything. Um, but like, yeah, I wasn't here. And so then the cops are like, all right, Mr. Meech, so you know why we're here, right? We, You know why we're here to talk to you? And then while the nurse is still gone, he leans in and he goes, yeah, it's about those kids in the park. It wasn't a very pretty sight, was it? And yeah, the investigator is like, in the in the show he's like the hair stood up on the back of my neck he's like i knew immediately that i was talking to the murderer at that point yeah (laughs) yeah that's so sad because he's obviously off his meds yeah so he definitely was off of his meds because um he was in like i said in california and he was just like model patient, whatever, doing all the right things, taking his meds, but he was super smart and like knew how to kind of play the game. And he so, knew the answers they wanted when they questioned him about stuff and he yeah. wanted to get back to Alaska probably. Exactly. And he knew um, Alaska is not going to have the same level of hospital care as California because there's fucking 10 times less people or more california is one of the most densely populated states and alaska is the third least densely populated state yeah so um there's like one of the nurses that's also on the show and she's like he was very charming persuasive and like basically a con artist you know and so he convinced a lot of people that he was healthier than he was obviously because that's the whole reason why he got to leave California and come back to Alaska and there was a doctor at the Alaska Psychiatric Institute and he recognized like the days that Charles Meach didn't take his medication he would recognize and like he knew how he acted and knew that he was off and he still had like fantasies of murder and there was either something that he found written down or something that Charles had said to him maybe when he was off his medication and it was about killing a staff member and then he was going to cook them and then invite the other staff members to join for the meal. And so this is something that this doctor documents and is like, hey, everybody, this man is dangerous. Yes. I think he's like one of the most dangerous man, like men, and like he should not be released. Like he, he's, he's still dangerous. very much so a concern to people around him. Yeah, he's very much so a concern. I'm 
I'm so conflicted about this type of thing because it's like I don't think everyone with mental illness needs to be locked up but there are certain people who have violent tendencies to the extreme that refuse to be medicated that shouldn't be out around other humans for this reason like they refuse to take their medication they refuse to not kill people Right. This guy brutally freaking killed. He brutally murdered someone with his own hands, his bare hands. Yeah. And there's plenty of people with schizophrenia that would never do that. But yeah, it's such a hard line to draw. And like, when do you take previous actions into considerations or mental illness into consideration with like how hard you punish someone for their actions? And it goes both ways. Some people are punished way too hard because of a mental illness, but some people are let off way too early because of their mental illness. So it's it's a really, really tough thing. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) But so this doctor, he makes his notes and he tells everybody, he's like, "Look, this man's dangerous." Um, But two months after this doctor leaves the facility and he's no longer there. And so then um, Charles Meach just schmoozes everybody else and they take no means to whatever this other doctor let them know. They're just like, nah, it's fine. Like Voldemort. (laughs) Professor Dumbledore knew, but he schmoozed all the other teachers and the old master. And he became the worst wizard of all time. Man, <laughs> that's a, a real life connection there. Not really, not really. Harry Potter's not real life, but um, funny thing is, the baby shower we went to this weekend it was Harry Potter themed. Oh, it was very cute. Fun theme. Yeah, it was super cute. Yeah, that's really um, <laughs> Amber, if you ever but, have a baby, can I plan your shower? Uh, yeah. Okay. It's going to be, like, so over the top. I don't even know what the theme will be, but it will be a theme. And it will be a theme. It'll be a theme. Oh, it's going to be right. so themed. More to come on that. We'll see what happens. <laughs> if, um, if not, no big deal. All right. So two months later, that doctor leaves, and Charles Meach is able to just schmooze everybody, and that's when he's granted leave for from the institution for 10 hours a day. And, yeah, freaking nuts. So, of course, he kind of quits taking his meds. And, um, I mean, he still keeps it in line because he still gets to leave. So he must be doing something or he must be able to better manage without his meds at this point. Or he's just a really good actor. I mean, he's Um, in a really consistent environment. And so yeah. he doesn't have many outside sources affecting his mood and stuff. And so that probably helps him keep himself in check. But I don't I don't know. Yeah. That's assumptions on my end. Yeah. So because he gets to leave, he has some more freedom and he manages to purchase a gun from someone through a classified ad. So that's how he gets the gun, but he doesn't bring the gun back to the facility because obviously he knows he can't do that. He won't get away with that. So he hides his gun. Where do you think? At Russian Jack Springs Park. He hides his gun there. Yeah. 
was going to say that's so, uh, Yeah. So he has that. And then also he obviously can't buy ammo, so he pays someone to go buy him some ammo. However, since he wasn't like a convicted felon because he was not guilty, he could have technically, it yeah. Um, um, <laughs> that's horrifying. Yeah, exactly. So he gets someone to buy him ammo. So then he has ammo for his gun. That probably he's some like in fucking high schooler. He probably was like, "Hey, here's twenty bucks if you go buy me a bunch of ammo." Probably. Like, okay, man, cool. No, it was the eighties. It was probably like, here's five bucks. Yeah, got you. Um. All right, so he got his gun. He has his ammo. He gets his gun. Gets his gun. Um, so after he's talked to the police and told them what he said, like, oh, I know why you're here. It's those kids. It wasn't precise, was it? Three days later, Charles Meach actually confesses to his psychiatrist about the murders. And he tells him, he's like, or he tells him or her, I don't know if the psychiatrist was a male or a woman, okay. uh, but so he wakes up that day and he's like, I just was having a bad day, um, probably because he wasn't on his meds. And then also someone had stolen his like favorite shirt. So that really pissed him off. That took him over the edge. So you should and, probably go kill four kids. Yeah, so he gets super pissed, and he's just like, oh, I hate everybody. I want to steal something from someone, and I want revenge. Then he decides when he kind of is leaving, that's what he's on a mission to do. He's just on a mission to steal something from someone to get his revenge. Bullshit. He just bought a gun and ammo. So bullshit. Yeah, so. Bullshit. Um. Also, another thing that really gr- grinded his gears, grinded, yeah, ground, ground his gears, really ground. I don't know. Grinded uh, sounds better. Yeah. So the other thing that really got to him was that recently a judge had blocked his release, so that didn't help his mood. Um, and blocking his release was probably a good idea, but it doesn't really help us in this case. He's still released for ten hours a day. Yeah. That's a lot of time. So after he's having this terrible, awful, no good day, he decides he's going to go to a strip club and he's going to have some beer and he's not supposed to be drinking and he's off his meds. So then at the strip club, he apparently tries to like get frisky and touch one of the dancers and she slaps him and rejected him. And then that pissed him off too because he was like, ugh. I'm having the worst day ever. Can't get any play. Blah, blah, blah. So then he storms out. (laughs) Yeah. So then he He storms out. So I I don't believe he planned to kill these people. Right. But, like, maybe he would have killed that stripper if she agreed to go with him somewhere. Like, he was planning on killing somebody. Yeah. That's probably true. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't think of that, but that's probably true. So he gets pissed, he leaves, and then he storms out of the bar, and then he rides his bike through the park to his secret hiding space, and then he rides up on that campsite, that tent campsite, and he doesn't think anyone's in there. So he obviously goes over to the tent, 
and he starts rummaging in there because there is no one in there. So he starts rummaging in there trying to get some stuff. And the teens start coming up and one kid comes into the tent and he sees him. And then he's like, oh, shit. So the kid just like is like, oh, uh oh, because he sees this gun pointed at him. So he starts going the other way. And then Charles Meach comes out of the tent and he like goes after him and then he shoots him. And then the other kid, the other boy comes around and he's like trying to figure out what's going on. And then he gets up far or close enough. And then Charles Meach shoots him again from behind in the back of the head. And then the girls are like, hey, guys, uh, what's going on? And they're coming up to the tent. And then point blank in the face, both of the girls are shot. Um, like, so literally that's, both the boys uh, were running away. Yeah. And he, like, was robbing them. Yeah. Followed them and shot them in the head. He could have ran away and never been caught. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Once he got caught by the one kid, he was like, oh, shit, I got to kill them all. I guess that was probably, I don't know. I mean, he's not taking his meds and he's mentally unwell, but still. Yeah. (sighs) So after the murder... Um, he goes and hides his guns where he did in the park and he went back to the institution like nothing happened. And then he just goes on about his day until the police start coming and looking for him and then they kind of get to him. So obviously now they're like, okay, we've got his confession. We know he did this. We've got these witnesses. Um, they probably went and found his gun, but that wasn't included in the episode, but I'm sure that's what happened. Um, so he is charged with four counts of first degree murder. And again, he tries to plead not guilty by reason of insanity, but then like leading up to the case or whatever in the show, they were like, he even asked his psychiatrist if he needed to act crazy during the proceedings to help his case. So basically what they're getting from it, like the people that were at the institution were like, I don't know if he was like crazy like obviously he was unwell but like in this situation he knew exactly what the hell he was doing and he knew right from wrong and he yeah he knew enough to act stable when he wasn't on his meds well enough to trick everybody in the facility except that one doctor who left so he knew he had to act quote-unquote normal he knew how to behave how they wanted to see he wasn't just like uncontrollable in his actions he knew he had a bad day that day he knew he what he was doing when he purchased that gun like he i that's a hundred percent like he knew what he was doing was wrong and that's what it comes down to exactly so thankfully the same thing wasn't going to happen twice. So he is guilty on all four counts and sentenced to 396 years in prison. Thank God. And because of this case, like immediately Alaska changes its laws because they changed basically the law. I don't know the exact word for word, what it was before, but basically if someone is deemed, um, not guilty by reason of insanity once they are well they can they have to be like let go but because of 
this case exactly. Um, now, a criminally insane person deemed healthy must serve their remaining sentence behind bars as opposed to being released. So, um, I, I literally was gonna say, like, I, this whole time I've been waiting for the moment, but. I, I was going to say, in most places, I don't think it's not guilty by reason of insanity anymore. It's guilty, but mentally unwell. Yes, that is correct. And so that way, once they are mentally well, they can evaluate the entire situation and see what needs to happen and hold them if they still need to be held. But I think uh, most places in the United States have changed it from not guilty by reason of insanity to guilty but mentally unwell or whatever yeah. the wording is but it's right. basically that <clears throat> and then once they are like mentally competent it can be considered at that point in time but it's like they did it but we need to take this into consideration yeah which hopefully is used well is yeah there are people that like have psychotic breaks or whatever and it's a one-time thing his was not that case he was a mm -mm. plotting awful person who planned yeah. the whole thing he hid his mental illness on purpose so he could do bad things um so i don't know if that's better or not because it could give cause to imprison more mentally unwell people longer than there should be but i don't know so yeah, weird line. But so I thought that was that was interesting. And so he was in prison and he died in prison in 2004. How old? So he was born in 1948. So he was 56. That's pretty young. I think that's pretty young. Yeah. <laughs> but he was definitely prison. not well. I kind of feel bad he went to a regular prison. I hope he had at least, like, some mental health support while he was there. Because he obviously needed Yeah, hopefully. Help. Yeah, he obviously needed something because, I mean, he was fine when he was on his medication. But also, he was just playing the playing the game, so And he purposely went off his medication. That's rough. Yeah. I, he had murderous tendencies despite his mental disorder or yeah. not because of it. Like, it, I don't know. Anyways. Um, yeah. The name of that episode was Lamb Among Wolves. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. That's a really bad title name for that. Right? I don't get it either. That's why I was like, I didn't I didn't put it together. I like, I don't understand. Because I was like, I'm going to come back to like try and figure out who the lamb among the wolves was at the end of this and there's not one person that makes sense for that title it was a bad title a lot of id shows have really bad titles for shows that don't make mm -hmm. any sense because like you'd think it'd be like the soft person among the wolves <laughs> i think yeah. what they're trying to say is he hid really well but that would be a wolf among the lambs. Because he was not a lamb in any no. world. Before I don't I didn't children. Put it, it, it should be like a wolf among lambs. It's backwards, but ID always tries to make their names more interesting and intriguing and like <laughs> smart. But this one's really fucking dumb. It's not yeah. a good name at all. He was not a lamb in any sense of the world word. So 
Bad Call ID, Alaskan Killer Stories, or whatever. The Space Cold Killers. Yeah. Kim, <laughs> <laughs> okay, my turn. Your turn. So, I'm talking about a serial killer, Robert Hansen. But I didn't really want to get super detailed about his crimes. So... It's like a shorter synopsis of his awfulness. And then I just have some like stupid criminal stories and then an Alaska survival story at the end. Okay. But they're all real short. So sorry. I'm, it's not switching it up. It's not my normal thing. Because Robert Hansen fucking sucks. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't really look into him since you were doing him, so I stayed away. Yeah, and then I was like, well, maybe I do Robert Hansen and Israel Keys and just give, like, a synopsis of both these awful serial killers. And I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to. That's just too much terrible things in one episode. Just kidding. No, but for real, Israel Keys, you should listen to his story. Oh, there's a story I can listen to? Well, I think Red Handed, the podcast, covers him. And they're fantastic. They're these two British girls that cover true crime. And they're, like, witty and smart and, like, more on task than us. (laughs) But, like, also humorous, but really respectful. They're great. Red Handed, Israel Keys. I don't even know for sure that that's a uh, topic they cover, but I think so. It's a really I'm interesting. Look into it. Yeah. Anyways, I covered another Alaskan serial killer, Robert Hansen. Israel Keys was way more recent. It's a really interesting story. Look into it. Anyways, Robert Hansen was born in 1940 in Pocahontas, Idaho. His parents. Pocahontas. Pocahontas, Idaho. Huh. I never heard of Pocahontas. I heard of Pocatello. I know. It must be a really small town. It's gotta be. I mean, most towns in Idaho are pretty small. Yeah. Besides, like, Pocatello and Boise. Spencer's in Idaho right now, bear hunting. Oh, yeah. What part is he in? He went to the very northern part in, like, the panhandle that connects to Canada. But then it was way too snowy and rainy, so they came back down near Boise. Didn't that happen last year, too, when they went? Yeah, and this year has been a lot drier, so they were thinking it wouldn't. And the forecast has been really dry. And then all of a sudden, the last couple days before their hunt, the forecast changed. It was like, rain, rain, rain. So they got kind of fucked there, but we'll see what happens. Anyways, I don't know where Pocahontas, Idaho is, but that's where Robert Hansen was born. His parents were Danish immigrants, and his father was a baker. Robert was a skinny, shy kid with a stutter? Stammer? A speech impediment? I I spelled it stemmer. (laughs) So I think I meant stammer. I said shy kid with a stemmer and sever acne. (laughs) Stemmer and sever. So I think I meant... He was a shy kid with a stammer and severe acne that left his face permanently scarred. The attractive girls in school didn't want anything to do with him, 
and he grew up fantasizing cruel revenge towards basically all women. Oh, of course he did. Yeah. So, he did follow in his father's footsteps and become a baker himself. And in 1961, he was married. But then he got divorced within a year because he was arrested for arson. And his wife was like, fuck right off. Bye. See you later. Have fun. Yeah. So, he did some time for arson. And then six years later... He was married again to another woman in Idaho, and then the two of them moved to Anchorage, Alaska. In Anchorage, they opened a bakery, and it was doing really well. Like, he was a really successful baker in Anchorage. Um, there was a lot of seasonal workers. It was it's, a, it's one of the most popular towns in Alaska. And so people would come there for breakfast and breads. Like, it was doing really well. And... He made enough money, he even took flying lessons and then purchased his own plane. And he was a hunter, and so he would fly deep into the Alaskan wilderness and hunt doll sheep, which are, like, only found in Alaska, I think. I had never heard of a doll sheep until you told me about them today. Yeah, I don't, I didn't look in any more into what they are, so. They sound like they'd be cute. I feel like they're probably not. I feel like they probably have horns. Well, let's see. Yeah, they're like the curly horned ones. Oh. And. Oh, like a. Oh, I was thinking like a doll, like a a doll, like a D O L L, not a D A L L sheep. They uh, are wild sheep native to northwestern North America. Hmm. Yeah, they're cute. Oh, hey sheep. How y'all doing? Anyways, so he'd hunt doll sheep. Uh, He would fly deep into the wilderness in Alaska, which isn't hard to do because all of Alaska is deep wilderness, basically. And he'd hunt doll sheep, wolves, and bear with either rifle or bow. So he's an avid hunter. He's really good at it. He's in, like, hunting clubs and does hunting competitions and shit. Whatever. So in 1972, he was arrested twice. Once for the abduction and attempted rape of a housewife who was able to escape from him before he raped her. And then he was arrested again after that for the rape of a prostitute. That's what the article called her for uh, the rape of a sex worker. So he pled to reduce charges on those and he served six months in jail. Six months? For abduction and attempted rape and actual rape. Yikes, that's nothing. That's like a slap on the wrist. Six months. Huh. Yeah, it's gross. Then in 1976, he was arrested again for four years after the first abduction and attempted rape. He's arrested again, this time for a for shoplifting a chainsaw. And he was... That's a pretty hard item to shoplift. Yeah. So he got caught and was arrested. And he was sentenced to five years in prison for larceny. Okay. Five years for stealing. Six months for two two women being attacked. Yeah, that doesn't add up correctly. That should be 
the other way around yeah, at least like our government hates women that's what that means men in power don't give a fuck about women uh so then he appealed that charge for larceny because he thought the sentence of five years was too harsh and he won the supreme uh-huh. court was like yeah that is too harsh so i'm not sure how much he ended up serving for that but it was not five years so That's they were ridiculous. like, we don't have that much reason to keep you behind bars. You just attacked two women and brutally raped one of them and tried to rape the other one. But, you know, it's fine. You shouldn't serve this much time for stealing a chainsaw. <sighs> so probably was going to go kill someone with it, too. Probably. And little did the Supreme Court know when they were like, yeah, it's too harsh. He was committing so many more horrible crimes before this point. So, between 1973 and 1983, Robert murdered at least 17 women and raped an additional 30 women. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's a a lot monster. But let's give him six months for the rape he got caught for because she was a sex worker and she doesn't matter. So he would select sex workers and exotic dancers to be his victims, and then he would abduct them and take them to his airplane and fly them out into the wilderness of Alaska. Oh my god, and discard their bodies? Well, and then he would force them to act out his fantasies. And if they did what he wanted, he'd bring them back and let them go after raping them. But if they didn't do what he wanted, he would hunt them. Oh my gosh, what the shit? He would strip them naked and let them go in the middle of fucking nowhere, Alaska, in the forest, in the cold, and he would stalk them through the woods like animals, and then he would kill them with either his rifle or his hunting knife. Oh my god. He was a fucking monster. That's awful. I didn't go into details about how many times he did this or which ways he killed which women. Some of them he didn't stalk. He just murdered. But you get the point. I would just want to lay down and like bury myself in the snow and just hope that I freeze to death without him finding me. So most of them were already sex workers or of some kind. And most women feel that same way. So they're like, okay, I'll just do what you want. So a lot of them just got, like, sexually assaulted by him, and then he brought them back, and no one took them seriously because they're a fucking sex worker, and they don't matter, obviously. And so, like, he literally did this to 30 women, and either they didn't report it or weren't taken seriously. So. That's so awful. And an awful thing to say is, but sometimes they're not taken seriously, like, because it's like the boy that cried wolf, but... That's stupid because there's so many people that want to say, hey, this happened. And then they're just like, oh, no, it, it, that didn't happen. Well, especially these women, because they're sex workers already. They probably, yeah. some of them probably have drug problems. Some, Most of them probably moved to Alaska to make money and they don't have a strong tie to their family because yeah. most families aren't going to be really supportive of that lifestyle so it's literally just like i know i can make money in anchorage for all these fucking like 
fishermen that are off on their boats for three months at a time and then come home with a big paycheck and want to blow it at the strip club. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be an exotic dancer. Or these men doing like lumber jobs. Like that's working the oil rigs. That's like similar in parts of Utah. These guys yeah. work real hard on the oil rigs and they come home to these small towns for a week off and blow all their money at the strip club because it's the only thing to do. <laughs> but then these yeah. women are treated like fucking shit because that's the way they choose to make money. And so obviously they're not a real human. Yeah, that's the crappiest like person. That's not the right word, but that's like I I hate that it's like that. Like it's so shitty that that's how they're treated and that how that's how it comes off. Yeah, they're still human beings. Just because yeah. their life hasn't been easy and they're not like that's how they choose to make money or that's how they the only option they currently have to make money yeah. doesn't mean they're not important. Like that's fucking insane and it's terrible. crazy. It's ridiculous. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's so sad. And the amount of serial killers that target sex workers. So many of so them. Many, and they get away with it for so much longer because, like, they don't kill anybody that society deems important. Like, ugh. And you would think, like, because there are so many serial killers that do target these women, like, it would be taken more seriously or they'd be like, oh, this is a trend or... Maybe we should look into this. Hmm. No, she was no, living a dangerous life. not waste my time. She probably yeah. deserved it. She probably just overdosed. She probably ran away. Let's not look into it in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's so <sighs> shitty. So this guy's literally hunting women. Ugh, and that's then so awful. For at least 10 years. Good God. Thank God I didn't get hunted. <laughs> Same. <laughs> And and Alaska is just mostly people going to make money for a short period of time. It's a lot of new people coming into Anchorage that are working odd jobs. So it's these women that go there to work at a strip club for a while and then leave or whatever because there's all these men coming in and going out on fishing boats or lumber jobs and like new loggers coming in all the time. So it's just like a real flow of new people. And so in this day and age, hopefully... People would notice more if a bunch of sex workers were going missing, but yeah. apparently in 1973 to 1983, no one cared very much. So in 1980, construction workers unearthed construction workers unearthed the remains. That's a hard word. Unearthed. <laughs> unearthed. Unearthed. Construction workers unearthed the remains of a woman near Eklanta Road. The woman had been stabbed to death many times, but police uh. were never able to identify this woman. Oh. Later that same year, the body of Joanna Messina was found in a gravel pit. Then, even later than that, the body of a dancer named Sherry Morrow was found in a shallow grave by hunters. So police realized there was a killer at large targeting women and they discovered these three bodies by like early 1981 and this has been happening since 1973 oh my gosh so by the 1980 1981 they realized oh this is probably the same person these are probably related and 
Oh, we no freaking way. Keep an eye on that. But they didn't have any actual suspects. So they yeah. were kind of just like, could be anyone. Fuck. And then on June 13th of 1983, a 17-year-old sex worker named Cindy Paulson was picked up by Robert Hansen. He paid her $200 for a blowjob. And that's one weird thing about him. He would always pay them. Before he killed them, like, he would actually give them the money. What? Before he decided whether or not he was going to kill them. Like, I don't know. I don't like, know. so if he killed them, did he take his money back or just leave them with the money? I'm not sure. He always oh. gave them the money. Interesting. Yeah. So he gives this 17-year-old girl, this child, $200 for a blowjob. But... Then after she performed that act on him, he changed the rules of their agreement and he was like, oh, no, we're not done. So she takes he takes her back to his house and he makes her strip down to be completely nude. And then he handcuffs her and puts her in his car. So she's by this point, like freaking the fuck out because she's naked and handcuffed. Yeah. And he's driving her to his airplane hangar. To put her in his car, in his airplane, so he can fucking drop her off in the wilderness and hunt her. Oh, gosh. But she's able to wiggle one of her hands free from the handcuffs and get the fuck out of his car. So she escapes and she runs for help. She is still in handcuffs when she finds help. And oh, my she, gosh. Yeah. So she reports it to the police, tells them what happens to her, happened to her. And gives them, like, a really good description of the man, where he lived, because he took her to his house, and where he was taking her. And so they, like, identify Robert Hansen, bring him in for a lineup. She's able to identify him, and she agrees that she will press charges. Like, she will actually go to court and press charges. Because he wasn't really on their radar before, but he kind of was. But no one would had identified him or was willing able to willing and able to press charges so she was like yeah i will dang good for her yeah and she's 17 yeah that's not 17 oh and so with her on their side the cops are able to get a search warrant and they search his home and in his home they find a bunch of like hunting trophies because he was like in a hunting club and he'd won a bunch of trophies and he had mounted animal heads and stuff in the main part of his house. But then in his basement, he had a whole different kind of trophy Ugh. of the belongings of these women that he had kept. He kept their jewelry, their personal so belongings. So disgusting. Of at least 17 women. So they find all this stuff and they're like, obviously, he's the guy who killed all these women. We got him. So they arrest him. He confesses to 17 murders. That's why we know it's at least 17 women. Um... They found some other bodies that fit his profile that he never confessed to, and they think it's him, but he didn't really talk after he confessed. So they took him on a flying tour of the area, and he began pointing out graves of where these women died uh -huh. or where he buried them in shallow graves. They were able to recover 11 bodies over the next eight months. Wow. He ended up pleading guilty to four counts of first-degree murder. The rest of the charges were dropped. What? But he was sentenced to life in prison plus 461 years. 
At least there's that because four counts of murder for the 11 bodies that they found. 11 bodies and 17 murders he confessed to. Yeah. What the fuck? But whatever. It was life plus 461 years. He died in prison in 2014 at the age of 75 and good riddance. Yeah. Bye. What the hell? How could he get away with that for so long? That's disgusting and terrible and awful. He picked and, his location well and the uh, time helped. Like it was before fucking the internet and he was in the middle of nowhere, Alaska, where these women flew up. Like their family was sort of around, I'm sure. So yeah. I don't know. But I didn't want to go into more detail because I was upset by that story. And I read one article where the writer was fucking so derogatory towards the victims. Really? Yeah. Like, How could you even be in that situation? It was disgusting. Like, literally, this article oh. was calling them whores and sluts. What and the? Bitches. And I was like, oh my gosh. Shut the fuck up. These are like 17 year old girls who have had a rough life and you know nothing about them. They are human beings that were murdered for using their bodies to make the living. You know what? All those men busting their asses to make a living selling their body on physical labor labor these women were doing the exact same thing in a different way like fuck right off and it made me sick and i was like i literally can't tell any more details in the story because yeah no if i would have read that story out and like uh nope i don't even know if i can cover this because this pissed me off i read way more articles before that one but i got to that one and i was like Ugh. Is this a quote? No, it's just the writer of this article saying these, calling these murdered women horribly derogative terms. Fuck that shit. Not okay. Yeah, no, that's not appropriate at all. Yeah, it was disgusting. Society hates women. Yeah, that's (laughs) sick. So my story was kind of short. So I looked up a couple other like little things to add. Um, It's pretty quick. But I have a couple stupid criminal from Alaska stories. (laughs) So the first stupid criminal was Michael Gale Nash. So Michael was short on cash and he needed it quick. So he decided the easiest way to get that cash would be to rob a bank. Of course. Of course. That's the quickest, most reliable way to get that money. Yeah. So he shows up at First National Bank in Anchorage on a Tuesday, and he hands the teller a note that says, This is a holdup. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to do a voice so you know which part's the note. This is a holdup. Please put the money in the... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> This is a holdup. Please put the money they want in the bag. God help us. I don't know who they (laughs) are. He planned this by himself. He was the only one. Please put the money they want in the bag. God help us. Three exclamation points. God help us? You're doing this to me. Like, what? So, the teller, like, takes the note from him and she takes his bag and fills it up with cash. She, like, opens her till or whatever, puts some cash in there. 
And then she also, like, pushes the alarm button, like, hey, I'm being robbed. So the police get notified. So the he takes his bag of money, leaves the bank. The police only take a few minutes to get there. And when they arrive, they find this man standing outside of the bank, counting cash out of a bag. Oh my god, what an idiot. (laughs) You know, because you gotta make like, see how much you got. (laughs) So they walk up, there's this weird dude with a bag of cash, and he's trying to count it all in front of this bank that just got robbed. So the police are like, um, hey, what's going on, gay? And he's like, uh, what, uh, um, uh. (laughs) (laughs) And they're able to confirm that he was the robber when they talk to the teller and she gives them the paper that he had written on and they see that this paper was a partially filled out form that had the man's name and all of his personal information listed Oh my on goodness. So he got arrested for robbing a bank. He also only got like 400 bucks. Man, was it really worth it, dude? How much time did he spend in jail? Plus like fees. Court fees, fucking yeah. legal fees, like Way more than $400, I'm sure. You idiot. That guy was pretty stupid. Yeah. Just stand in front of the bank to count your money. Ugh. Dumbass. And use a personal information, like, scrap piece of paper with... This paper will work. Fucking idiot. He must have been really high on something. (laughs) Okay, so um, Floyd Brown attempted to rob the Holiday Inn in Anchorage, Alaska. But as he did so, he was confronted by 40 police officers in the lobby of the hotel. The hotel was hosting a law enforcement training conference, (laughs) which was very much so listed on a sign right in front of the hotel, which he didn't read before he entered with a gun to rob the place. What a dummy. He was promptly arrested. Uh. (laughs) Those are my two dumb criminal stories. Yeah, those guys are clearly not smart. And then I have an Alaskan survival story. I tried to get more of these, and they all included dogs and made me cry. So, as does this one. Oh boy, here we go. I only told one of them. So here we go. (laughs) 30-year-old Tyson Steele was living alone in a remote cabin about 20 miles from the town of Squentna, Alaska. And that was like a distant 20 miles. Like, fucking snowmobile reaching 20 miles away. Not roads and shit. Like, fucking middle nowhere Alaska. He's living in a tiny cabin. Cabin. He bought off of, like, a Vietnam War vet. So... He's a 30-year-old dude. He'd been living in the cabin alone since September, but on December 17th or 18th, he put a large piece of cardboard in the wood fire stove. He knew better, but it was just easy. It was on hand. It was the middle of the night or whatever, and he wasn't thinking, so he threw this big piece of cardboard in his wood-burning stove, and he fell asleep, but he woke up to his cabin completely on fire. Oh, no. A spark from the cardboard, because it was, like, super sparky and not good material to burn in that stove in his tiny cabin. So a spark from the cardboard had come out of the chimney and landed on top of the roof and started his entire cabin on fire. 
So he woke up to what he described as fiery drips of plastic falling from his roof onto him. Oh. So he jumps up, he runs outside to see how bad it is. He's in nothing but his boots, long johns, and a coat. And he sees that the roof is completely engulfed in flame. Like, he needs to get the fuck out. So he runs back inside and he grabs some blankets and his rifle. And he thought his chocolate lab had run out with him. But unfortunately, he did not. He was trapped in the cabinet. No. So the hardest part of this whole ordeal for him was losing his dog. He he thought his dog got out until he heard him, like, screaming from inside the cabinet. Oh, my God. No. Yeah. So the fire is roaring. It lights the entire place on fire. And it ignited hundreds of rounds of ammo that he had inside the cabin. And a propane tank that was near his food storage. Oh my gosh. And so basically it was like a war zone for a while. And he started shoveling snow on the fire as soon as he could for hours. But the cabin was a complete loss. He went through like the remains and gathered up cans of food that he could find that had survived the fire. But most of them had popped open in the heat and tasted like burnt plastic. But it was better than nothing. Apparently, he didn't have any sort of vehicle that he could get away on or, like, survive on in his long underwear and coat. And so he was stuck. So the first two nights, he made a snow cave. And he just spent the two nights in there. And he then realized he was going to need to do something a little more substantial until somebody found him. And so he used scraps from the remains of his cabin to build like a fucking lean to against his little wood burning stove that survived. And it wasn't much. It barely kept him warm. Like it was better than being out in the elements, but barely. And um, he kept the wood stove burning with tree bark and a candle that he had from somewhere i don't know so he's stuck he barely has anything to eat he has this little wood burning stove he's trying to find anything he can burn to keep it going to keep him from freezing to death because he's literally in like subarctic temperatures yeah he used his feet and ash from the fire to stamp sos in the snow to like make the letter stand out with the ash snow and so He had that near the cabin remains. And then he stamped out a trail from the cabin to a nearby frozen lake that he thought a rescue plane would be able to land on if they saw his SOS. And then he just waited and waited. And eventually his family grew concerned that they hadn't heard from him and couldn't get a hold of him. And they called local authorities to check on him. And when the police found him, he'd been living in the cold under basically, like, fucking burnt plywood for over three weeks. Oh, my gosh. If I, if my family didn't hear from me, I really hope they wouldn't wait three weeks to be concerned about me. Well, he lived in the middle of nowhere, so I don't know how much access he had to communication, but... Yeah, I guess that's true. But obviously some that they noticed within three weeks. Like, it was, like, 25 days. Like, almost a fucking month that he was just, like, trying to live in, like, a snow cave slash, like, fucking burnt lean-to. How did he survive? That's crazy. Barely. Like, 
honestly, and he was just miserable living off like burnt plastic tasting canned goods. Um, so the police, his family called the police. The police flew their like helicopter over his cabin and see his like SOS and shit and land. And they find him and he's malnourished and dehydrated, but okay. And he tells them like his whole ordeal. And then he's like, I'm going to go stay with my family in Utah for a while, I guess. And they have a pet dog. And I think that's going to be a sort of therapy for me. Because Aww. like his base theme was he was so sad he lost his dog. Mm. I know. But that is the worst, especially if you could like hear your dog in there and you're just like out there and you can't. Yeah, he was like, can't. I thought he got out until I heard him like howling. Oh my god. Ugh, yeah. Literally, I was like, well, add a couple more like survival stories, and all of them either were like, my dog died to save me, or like, this dog died, this dog survived for like three months in the Alaskan wilderness after the owner fucking drowned. Oh my gosh. And then one of the owner's friends went boating in the same area and saw this like black lab and thought it was a wolf for a second. And then he was like, oh shit, that's fucking Coda or whatever the dog's name was. And he called for it and it jumped in the water and swam to him and jumped in his boat. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and it just like lived. It was like malnourished, but it was like okay. Poor thing. I know, all the stories were so sad. So I didn't tell any more of them. But he lived. He survived for like 25 days in the Alaskan fucking freezing. That's insane. Yeah. So this is Alaska. It's fucking harsh. And there's murderers. Go there at your own risk. (laughs) I don't think I could hang. Hmm. On a happier note, my little brother is getting his life-changing surgery tomorrow. Yay! I'm so excited. Yeah, they rescheduled it. So it was supposed to be like June 2nd. That's what I was thinking. So tomorrow is the day. Wow. Yeah. So they called him and were like, hey, we have like a liver surgery that's more important than yours. Oh. Sorry. Uh, We have one opening before that that you can get in or it'll have to be after that date. And he was like, just get me in. Like, do it. So tomorrow's the day my little brother. Um, I haven't talked about it on the podcast at all, so I don't know if I'm going to leave this in, but my little brother's been ill for so many years, uh, and no one can figure out what it is. He's been told it's like celiacs, gluten intolerance, fucking his gallbladder, his appendix, his head playing tricks on him. (laughs) It's been a fucking ordeal, and he's been through the fucking ringer. But he finally found a doctor that found, with actual proof, that he has two rare kidney disorders. And they're going to move his kidney to the other side of his body and literally fix, like, most of his physical problems. It's a four-hour-long surgery. It's four days in the hospital to recover and then at least four weeks of recovery at home. So crazy. But But it's going to be so good for him. The doctor was literally like, you're going to feel better as soon as you wake up after surgery like that pain you've been feeling constantly for the last who knows how many years is going to be gone you're going to have pain from the incision on like the opposite side and the healing happening over there but you're not going to feel that 
and the brain frog fog the brain frog brain frog brain frog the brain fog you've been feeling like all that like fogginess is going to be gone within a couple hours after surgery like recovery is going to be a little rough but it's going to be immediate results that's so so exciting thank goodness for doctors yes man i'm excited and i hope that his recovery goes good and then he just feels like a million bucks yeah me too me too. It's like he's gonna be able to have a normal life. He's yeah. gonna be able to be a young twenty something and do things and fucking work. <laughs> like he's gonna just like be able to leave the house for a day and not be sick and, and not be, miserable. Yeah. I just want that so much for him. Yeah, I'm so excited. And I'm excited that it got moved up because then he can just get it over with and then get the recovery done and yeah. then just be rocking and rolling exactly because he is really nervous but thankfully like he doesn't have to be nervous for another week and a half or whatever yeah because it'll just be here and done and then he can just focus on recovery yeah you got any jokes uh uh what do tweakers and mormons have in common i don't know what They both ride bikes, they both got backpacks, and they're both on a mission. It's accurate. It's an accurate uh, joke. So terrible, but hilarious. Uh, all right, next week we're in Hawaii. Hawaii. Sorry, the audio in Maine sounds like shit. I did my best. Apologies. This was a fun episode. I enjoyed myself immensely. Yeah, this one was good. We love you guys. Listen next week. Bye. Bye.